Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Greg Davis. He is the owner of Victor Kettlebell, coming to you from Rochester, New York. Greg, what's going on, my man? How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I'm excited to have you on, Greg. I'm excited to to pick your brain and see what kind of wisdom we can extract out of there. Greg has has been the owner for just shy of a decade now. Is that correct? Correct. And so a wealth of experience. I'm sure you're far more comfortable as a business owner today than you were 10 years ago. But take us back a little bit, Greg. Bring us back to when this idea sparked and hey, I think I want to open up my own business. When did all of this happen? And, and what were you thinking about at that time? Well, we, we got into it probably a little different than most people. Um, I was actually uh, a professional musician. And, um, and then also did uh, just normal uh, labor, I, I ran a hardwood flooring company, and um, had a lot of uh, aches and pains and stuff like that. And then I got into uh, lifting kettlebell, train, training kettlebell, and uh, of course, started following Pavel Zatsuin. Yep. And after, I'll try to fast forward so I don't sure. take too much time on that. But sure. um, within a couple of years, well, within a couple of years, I, I saw some amazing results, including um, chronic back pain gone, chronic knee pain gone. So then I just wanted to start sharing it with my friends. So I was never, I never had the idea of owning a gym. That was not my plan. Um, I just wanted to share it with my friends and say, Hey, take a look at this. This is amazing. Uh, and, um, they got into it and my wife being a, a licensed massage therapist, her name's Carrie. She wanted to, uh, start to introduce that to some of her, uh, clients as well. And then, uh, through encouragement, actually from, uh, my chiropractor, uh, we decided that uh, we would, why not? Let's try it out. Let's, let's go. But we started really small. And that I think is, is a big key to, to uh, any level of success is, you know, we, I think we, we can get, uh, you know, we see the, we see big gyms and we see people that are really successful, but we got to remember, man, it starts with each, uh, you know, each single client that you have. And you're going to start real small. So don't overextend yourself. Yeah. That's kind of how we, you know, we started just, uh, we, the church we attended, that's where we started teaching. We just had people meet us there. Uh, we charged them like five or 10 bucks a class. You know what I mean? It was just something fun. Humble beginnings, we, right? What's that? Humble beginnings, right? Yeah. It just, it's it's but, interesting. Every time I, I ask somebody how they get into the industry, the, the why is kind of the same. We all do so because we want to help people in some capacity, but the how is the interesting part for me at least. And and so many people start doing boot camps in a park for free, or to your example, $5 sessions with just a community that we were naturally already a part of. I think it's much more rare nowadays to see somebody take out a, a half million dollar loan and outfit this 
beautiful, shiny new gym. I, I think it's it's just far more realistic to find success as a business going the bootstrapping route, right? Just getting things off the ground and then slowly building and adding to it along the way. Is that sort of what I'm understanding from what you're saying? It, it, that's my opinion. I'm certainly, you know, I'm sure other people have another way. That's how we did it. Um, I think what's really key is when you're starting out, you know, you're, you're small. So you really want to take the time and investment into the into that community of people. And you really want to make sure that you're built. So like one of the things that I did, and frankly, I didn't do it because of business. It just happened to go help us with our business. I like people. I like developing relationships with people. So uh, everybody that we coached, especially when we started, I wanted to hang out with them outside of the gym. So we'd do cookouts or we'd go for a hike. And uh, we did stuff like that, which I didn't realize at the time, but that was building that community within our gym. And although we are not uh, a CrossFit gym, no, no disrespect to CrossFit, but uh, we, you know, we're not that, but that's something that they do really well that later on, I noticed like they have a great community, right? Like everybody wears CrossFit clothes. They're, they're part of something. They belong to something. And I think that when you're again, starting out small, it's real, that's the best way to do it because, you know, we're not that big, um, but, you know, we, we've got over 50 monthly members plus one-on-ones and, and it's so much harder to manage that community when you have so many people from different backgrounds and, you know, certainly different political views. And, you know, it's always very, uh, it, it gets harder as you grow, but I definitely think the secret to the growth for us anyway, was that community at the yeah. beginning. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and so somewhere along the way, you guys got into this, this commercial space that you're in. When did that happen, Greg? Well, uh, so what happened, uh, we, we ended up, start, again, we started small. Uh, the first space we got, you're going to laugh, was it was about 420 square feet. Tight. Yep. Yeah. $1,000 a month. And that was our, that was our, that was our overhead. <laughs> So, um, and I'll be honest, it was a big, even that was a big leap, you know, a leap of faith, sure. frankly, you know, you don't know, you just don't know how it's going to go. Um, but anyway, that's where we started. And, but again, we start that it's that formula of community. And one thing about that, that I would say, I, I know, um, by building the community, you, you don't, you don't lose people. So um, we've law, we, we, our average membership is years long. Yeah. Our average monthly membership is for years, not, not, you know, six months or two months or one month. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and I do think that's because of, it's not, it's not because of me as much way more. It's the fact that there's other people that are also involved that again, they build up that community and they really, uh, they encourage each other. So, you know, if I don't feel like going to the gym and you train with me and we became friends at the gym, you're going to be Craig, you come to the gym. Oh no. I, you know, and all it takes is you, we probably all know it takes a couple of days of that and the likelihood of that person coming back drastically, uh, uh drops. So uh, client retention is crucial. And again, I think it's for me personally, I think it's just building up that community. 
Sorry if I repeat myself a lot. No, absolutely. And we'll certainly dive in and, and explore a little bit more of the client acquisition and retention piece here in a moment. But I think it's worthwhile to explain to people listening the, the service aspect of this before we even have that conversation. For you guys and in fitness in general, there's so many ways to run a gym and, and so many ways to provide value for people. But the majority of this is in sort of the, the group class setting. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, so um, oh, give us an idea of, of what that, what that class consists of. How many people, if I'm walking through your doors the, for the first time, Greg, what could I expect if I'm coming to a class? If you come to one of our classes, you, you usually you're going to see anywhere um, from five to 10 people in a class. Um, it's very structured. So one thing, um, both uh, my wife and I are strong first level two instructors. Uh, we're the only people that coach. Uh, so we're, we're very, very much focused on um, the training aspect, proper movement patterns and all that stuff. So it's a very, um, very focused class. Our classes last for an hour. Uh, that includes warm up, and, and if people want to stay and stretch, they've got time. Um, it's just a one hour per class, you know, and uh, I, I, what you would expect is, is again, it's just a group of people that, that are, are, are working towards similar goals. They either want to move better or they want to get stronger or, or both, right? And, and uh, we have, um, we do offer different classes for different groups of people. So for instance, I do a strength and conditioning class for our MMA team. I'm also the head coach of an MMA team as well. Uh, now that class is going to be different than say our, um, we, we do another class that my wife teaches that's for uh, elderly, right? I mean, obviously every class is going to be different and we do try to structure uh, per, uh, per, per class, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, like if you were to come in, I would give you, I'd give you like some ideas that say, Hey, you know, Joe, you, you seem pretty fit. I, I think probably the 5:45 AM or 5:45 PM or 6:45 PM class. Those are going to be the classes that you would get the most out of. I see. So okay. Try to direct you to what, what we offer that's best for you. Um, because again, obviously uh, one, one thing I notice is when you mix classes, although I'm not a, I'm not opposed to it. I think sometimes when you mix abilities, people get intimidated by that. And again, when the name of the game is client retention, uh, that, that can cause a problem. So trying to offer as many options as possible for people, yep. but not too many options, if that makes sense. It can be overwhelming, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the vast, vast, vast majority of this is in the group setting to your point. We're trying to direct people to a service that's going to be the most effective for them, right? That's right. in keeping their best interest in mind. It makes sense. One thing that you mentioned along the way was that you and your wife are doing all of the coaching right now. Given the, the, the resources and the facility and your time, do you guys have room to grow this membership? Are you guys still taking on clients? Oh yeah, we're still taking on clients. And as a matter of fact, we are um, 
we're not, we're not opposed to having other coaches on staff. Ah, 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 I see. It's just they have to, but we are like if somebody's going to teach kettlebell because we are, we're very um, we're very proud to be strong first instructors, and because of that, we want to make sure that we uphold that that level uh, that that bar, so to speak. So we want to make sure that if somebody were to teach kettlebell in here, that they would they would have a they, they would be able to perform at the same standard. Sure. That we do. Absolutely. And, and, and so open for growth is sort of the, the baseline that we were at least trying to establish. I want to pick your brain about the, the marketing or, or how we're generating interest in mm-hmm. bringing in new people in the first place. What have you found in, in the 10 years or so that you've been running this business? What's been the most successful for you? Without a doubt, word of mouth. Nothing comes close to word of mouth. Sure. Um, frankly, uh, I'll be honest with you, very, very, very uh, upfront with you. Advertising isn't something we've had a lot of success with, frankly. Uh, both yeah. social media, we've tried it. We've been pretty aggressive there. Really haven't gotten much from that. Um, even radio, we've done radio ads. We've seen nothing. I mean, thousands of dollars invested, nothing from radio ads. Um, but what I do find is, to be frank, genre, uh, venues like this, where people of like mind come together, then the, the, like this is something I actually, not, I'm not doing it to help me, but this is something that I think, if I were to guess, something like this would probably help us more. Um, but word of mouth is crucial, that you, you've got to have a good reputation, your clients have to love you. And if they love you, they'll want to share what you do. And if they, if they love you and they believe in you, and again, that comes back, uh, comes down to um, something that, and again, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. Please don't, don't hear this as me being critical or anything like that. But one thing I, I, I believe strongly in is if you're going to teach it, be an expert in it. Yep. Not good. Know it. So, so for instance, we do barbell lifts, deadlift. That's it. That's the only barbell lift I will teach. Is sure. a um, although I can do other barbell lifts, I understand them. I understand the mechanics and the way the body should move. I don't consider myself an expert in any other barbell lift. So unless it's a deadlift, I won't teach it. And what I, what you, you know, people, I think um, that actually will instill confidence in your clients. And again, keep them around longer because they know, okay, well, if coach Greg is going to teach me this, it's because he's an expert in it. And I don't mean to, you know, sound bra- I don't mean sound like I'm bragging, but but I hope that makes sense, right? I'm not sure. Being an expert and, and in so, is crucial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so one thing that you mentioned along the way that I think is valuable to have a conversation about is that you've tried paid advertising in a number of different formats, right? You mentioned social media, you mentioned radio with minimal success. And I think it's, it's important to address in any sort of small business like this, we need to have some sort of ROI on the back end. If we're going to be sending money out, it's with the intention of bringing money back in, hopefully more than we sent out, right? That's kind of the goal of this whole thing. But I speak with a ton, a ton, a ton of gym owners who are a little bit jaded by it where they've spent money and haven't gotten the return that they expected. And and I think it stems back to a number of things, but if I were to summarize, I mean, 
advertising is a skill, Greg. I mean, people make entire careers out of this. You mentioned one thing that I think is related, but I don't know if you meant it to be. I wouldn't teach something unless I'm an expert. It doesn't make sense that you would be an expert in advertising or in marketing because you haven't spent the time or the reps to do so. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and so it's, I think a lot of people prematurely spend money and don't see a return and then just write it off. I, I think it's, of course, we're going to take all of the word of mouth style referrals that we can get. It's a great client. It's, it's, they already have some idea of what we do. We'll take all of those leads, right? Any day of the week, I'm going to take somebody in from that sort of source. But the downside, we don't have a ton of control there, right? It may be seasonal with fitness. We may get two, three, four, five clients one month. We may go dry, zero, zero, zero. And so the, the reason anybody spends money on marketing is to have some consistency or some control, if you know what I right. mean. But we're getting off tangent here a little bit. Um, for you, Greg, uh, we sort of alluded to it already, but I want to get a little bit more specific. When we get a lead in from whatever source, right, from social media, a walk-in off the street, a referral, whatever it is, walk us through what a typical sales process looks like. For example, if I'm, if I'm interested in joining as a member, what is that process typically look like? Well, obviously, first thing we do is you come in, right? So you come in through the door. Um, we always start you out with, um, and this is just for anyone starting out, make sure you've got something like a good intake form. So you get a medical history. So you know, you know, so you, so you also, so you know who you're working with, but also um, to protect you from anything un, unforeseen or, or unfortunate in that regard, in terms of legal legal actions. But um, what we do, uh, you come in, obviously you're there to, to train. So um, whenever we have a new person or new people come in, uh, my wife and I both make sure we're on staff. So uh, one of us will actually shadow the new people and guide them through so they have the best hour possible and safest hour possible. Uh, and then uh, from there, uh, something that I learned, uh, I used to really struggle with the quote unquote, you know, closing a, closing a sale. So what I'll do is after you, after you're done, after you've done that class, as far as I'm concerned, you're already a member, you're already in. So at that point, I just, I just come up with a membership agreement and something that I found, I never used to do this because it always came across to me as kind of pushy, but what I do is I give them an agreement. And I say, here you go. You know, you can look this over now or whatever. I can just sign you up right now. I mean, we can charge that card right now and, 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 and get you on your way. And you'd be, for, for those people who are or maybe new that or don't feel comfortable doing that, um, from someone that was uncomfortable doing that, it really does help us. It really helps close that sale. If you give people time, they, and, and if you give people time, unfortunately, they'll have they have time then to ex give themselves excuses not to do it yep seen that time and time again especially we although we're not the uh we do try to keep our prices pretty uh definitely um 
but that's a per, that's for personal reasons. Um, well, we, uh, however, we are definitely expensive. So it, it, you, you got to get them, you got to get them to do it right away. And then you, and then, like I said, then typically once that community sets in, they develop, they make friends, they're seeing results, all that stuff. Now you've got them. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that like, you know, I don't mean that heartlessly, but you've got them. And, and now they're, they're a part of your community and it's one more person you've grown that you've grown another membership, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's worth addressing here. A lot of business owners think that they need to exclusively be either purely profit focused, only see credit card numbers, only see EFT transactions or the other side, purely passion focused, doing it, not for the money, I would help anybody and everybody. I think the best examples are somewhere in between, right? We need to have influence from both sides to really make this a success in the long term. Like you said, we're not cheap, right? There's $10 a month options that people can go to. That's not us. Right. But here's where we differentiate ourselves. Here's where we can provide value beyond hopefully probably more than what people are spending each month. And so that's probably, I mean, that speaks to what you said earlier, why we have members that have been members for years and years and years. They're staying because they still see the value. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, it's important. I think most gym owners, right. Just by talking to you a little bit, I can tell, you know, we, we share a lot in common. We care about people. We want to help people. Of course. So you can't help people if you're not making money. And that was something actually one of our members, when we first started, he pulled me aside and he really helped me with that. He said, great. You know, cause, cause I would, I would, um, I would work with people for free. You know, if you can't afford it, I'll still, you know, I'd still bring you in and I'll still do that. But what he told me was Craig, that's great that you do that, but you can't afford to do that forever. You have to, you have to make money so that you can be uh, uh, generous with your time. And, and so like, so something that I changed, something small, we used to do drop, like we used to always offer first class free uh, because I thought, well, this shows my confidence in our, in our, in our program, right? I mean, Hey, if you're offering me a free class, I get them in the door. But unfortunately what I found was offering a free class just brings in people looking for a free class. <laughs> That's a good point. Yep. And, 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 and again, I, I don't mean to sound negative or, or, or bitter, but if I can help somebody spare them. So now when people call, Hey, I want to come in and try a class. Great. It's $20. Yep. Well, it's I, I think I tell this story all the time of like, if a new restaurant opened down the street from you guys and I go for the first time, you and I have dinner, we sit down, have food, have drinks at the end of it, they're going to bring us a bill. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's our first time. They're going right. to bring us a bill. And if we leave without paying, they're going to call the police. Yep. Fitness is almost the only industry that I can think of that it's almost expected to try things for free before investing any kind of money. Right. Well, and, and the things of that too, to keep in mind, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's- No, no, it's, go ahead, please. The, um, the thing to keep in mind with that is by- by, by giving a fee, I don't care what the fee is. I mean, it could be five bucks or it could be a hundred bucks. Who cares? Whatever 
you're charging, what it does is you're immediately weeding out the people that don't value your time and don't value what you do. So, because there's, unfortunately, as you know, like we used to, we, one of the things we did for advertising a long time ago was we do, we did Groupons. Yep. And, and you'll get Groupon caliber leads. Yep. And they, and we would get people to come in and as you know, as soon as they're done, great. That was great. And then they leave and they never come back. Yep. They never give you a positive, you know, so, you know, and you invest in that. And, and here's the thing. If, if, if you come to train with me, Joe, and I'm like, well, you give it a try and you're like, Greg, you're just not for me. You know, I don't, you know, whatever. Okay. That's fine. Shake hands and best of luck. And I'll even help you find something that's, that's better fitted for you. Um, however, that's different um, because at least it wasn't, it wasn't wasted energy. Sure. Absolutely. But when people come in and they're just there because you're offering it free, and then, you know, and, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because as a small business, every membership counts. And from a psychological perspective, sorry, Dr. Greg here, uh, but uh, I'm not really a doctor. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, making sure you knew I was just kidding. Yeah. But from a psychological perspective, it's, it's, that can really weigh you down when people come in and then they just leave and then they don't sign up. And then, or, and a lot of times they'll tell you, oh, I'm going to sign up. I'm ready. Uh, you know, and they'll take the membership agreement. They won't sign it there. And then you never hear from them again. And that can be really, really discouraging. Um, so, but what, like, again, it can be discouraging to you as the owner, but I think it sort of puts a bad taste in the membership, the, the people's mouth, the other clients that we work uh-huh. with as well, because they feel like they constantly see people hamster wheeling in and out of this place. And as a coach, your time is probably more spent with newer people than it is with regular clients who we feel more comfortable doing what they can do. And and that can really quickly poison a, a community and a culture as well. Right. Yeah. If we just constantly have people in and out, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and again, the way we try to remedy some of that is by having, um, when new people are in having me and my wife coaching simultaneously so that those that have been there, they still get the attention that they need. Uh, and, and, and then the new people have attention that they need. The thing is though, but we've, we've, and it's not always convenient, but we gear our lives and we set up our lives in a way that we can do that. We live right around the corner from our gym. We live like uh, four miles from, from our, from our business, you know, um, my wife's, uh, massage office is again, uh, two miles down the road. So we try to keep everything very close so that we can, we can be here more than maybe the average married couple with three kids, uh, who homeschool can, can actually be, uh, to be in the same location at the same time. But uh, that's um, but that's how we do that. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think, I mean, if we're to sort of take a step back and at least look at the conversation we've had thus far, it's sort of all has stemmed around how do we operate a business? How do we grow a business from A to B? Mm-hmm. You guys have been doing this for, like we said, almost a decade, Greg. What's the, what's the longer term vision here? What's sort of the, the trend that you're seeing with this business? Boy, um, 
I, honestly, I, I see uh, for, for us, our goal is really not to change the, the um, not to change the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the recipe, so to speak, uh, but just more of it. So um, I really like what we have. My wife and I were real happy with, with what we've built. You know, uh, it's a blessing, absolute blessing to be able to do what we do. And, uh, and our goal is just to do it more. So more, you know, the more people, the better. Um, like I said, if we have more people in, we're, we're willing, you know, we're, we're not opposed to hiring. As a matter of fact, we would love to bring in some strong first kettlebell instructors and, hey, barbell instructors as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, opposed to different modalities, you know. Um, I think one thing to keep in mind for, for people is in, at least from my experience, longevity of your of your gym, you need to be, you need to have, it, it won't stand on one thing alone. True. So it won't survive on one thing alone. So like if we were strictly a kettlebell gym, I don't think, honestly, I don't think I would be having this conversation with you right now. Yeah. Um, but because we also have, we also offer massage therapy, and we also, uh, and my wife is just a, she's phenomenal. If anybody's in the area and you know, <laughs> you carry. Shout make, out wives everywhere. She's, she's awesome. Um, but also the fact that we, we run a competitive MMA team. Yep. And um, again, I'm the head coach in, uh, in that and, uh, and we're successful, but I, I don't think as MMA, I, we wouldn't succeed. Kettlebell alone. I don't believe we would succeed. Um, and massage does well, but still, I mean, that's a lot of work for one person. So, uh, but, but really it's that it's, it's, it's finding a good balance and, and having, um, more, so more than one business, even though it's one business, uh, we handle each one separately. So our kettlebell is not MMA. They're different. Although the, it all goes into the same pot, so to speak, it's not, they're, they're different businesses. Yep. And that, that, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? People, people, there are a small, small population out there that are purely kettlebell enthusiasts. Can we work with them? Of course. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the population isn't so in love with kettlebells that they're not willing to do anything else. We need some of that novelty. And, and I mean, we're not doing crazy circus sort of acts, but things that we know are going to help move the needle for people. And so yeah. I think it's, it's a, a worthwhile conversation. Sounds like you guys are happy doing what you're doing, but to your point, just want to do it with, want to expose it to a, a larger crowd, right? We, we want to continue this trend just a little bit more, a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Right. I, I think uh, anybody running a gym, like one thing, uh, um perspective wise so um we had a we actually had a crossfit gym move in in the same building that we're in right now and uh, a lot of people you know oh are you okay with that yeah this is great do i do crossfit no um that's fine though because it you got to look at it like we're, we're a we're a small community and there's a lot of people to reach and um it's more you got to be, you know, you got to be able to work with each other, being in the community and educating the community because most people don't under, really don't understand the true value of what fitness is. They don't even know what fitness is. You know, they think that it's, 
it's just, you know, lifting really heavy weight and hurting your back or, you know, people have so many preconceived notions on, on, on what that's like. And especially in today's environment, um, whether you, whether you buy into COVID or you don't, it, it, that's not even the issue. But the point is no matter what, um, health is key. And, and we're, we actually provide something. We provide a service that can save people money in the long run. So you spend money with me, you're not going to be spending money with the doctor. And you're living a lot and your quality of life is improved as well. And you're not being put on pain pills and, you know, whatever else, you know, is the, the latest and greatest, uh, uh, pharmaceutical to come down the, the um, pipeline, you know? Yeah. So, and, and that's something that I, but I think that educating the community, we, we still are doing that, you know, where, where we are, it's, you mentioned in New York, uh, obviously, but it's not New York city. Definitely not. Yep. And there's the majority of people still don't know what kettlebell is. As a matter of fact, most people call it kettleball around here. Yeah. So it's like, you're, so we have some work to do as an industry, first and foremost. It's uh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, yes, I, I think so. But I, and but I think that that goes for everybody, right? I mean, because I think that everybody, at least people come in our doors, they have a pre preconceived notion as to what they're coming into. They'll, you know, we get we hear it all the time. Oh, you know, I got to get in shape before I come in to train. Um. No, yeah, a little bit backwards there. Yeah. Come on in, you know, or, you know, you get stuff like that because people don't know that they, they're expecting everybody to be like these, you know, these fit gods and goddesses, you know, chiseled out of granite and, you know, walking around with their, with their abs, just rippling out giant biceps. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's, it's not, just a bunch of normal people who, yeah, who not the 99% of what the industry is about. That's for sure. Yeah. Greg, I, I'm sure we just barely scratched the surface of what you guys do, but we're running a bit shy on time here. Before we sign out of here entirely and, and go our separate ways, where what's a good website that we can send people to so they can learn a little bit more about what you do? Oh, um, VictorKettlebell.com. Simple so, and easy. V-I-C-T-O-R Kettlebell.com, all one line. Fantastic. Greg, this has been a bunch of fun, man. I, I always enjoy this type of conversation and, and getting a little bit of an insight and, and having a, a little bit of humility and willingness to analyze what we're doing and, and see what's working and what's not working. So I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I, I'm excited to see what this shapes up for you as in the future. And we wish you nothing but the best. All right. Joe, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Georgina from Gloves Up Boxing and Fitness in Glen Birdie, Maryland. Welcome, Georgina. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you, Brooke. How are you doing? I'm doing good and I'm really, really excited to have you here, start my day with you. But, you know, really before we dive into the business stuff, you know, the stuff that's really exciting for me to talk about, I would love to hear your story. What was it that ultimately led to you becoming a business, a fitness business owner? Um, I, I spent about, I spent seven years in the military, you know, with never any intentions in getting into fitness. So my job was fitness in the military. I had six different cores. It was uh, food, lodging, which was, you know, accommodating our members with hotel, fitness, and a few others. But our main focus was food and fitness. And I did a a round of food and I went around to fitness. But as I was on my way out, meaning like uh, every 18 months, we would switch up a different job for the six different cores that we had. And on my way out, I I was in fitness. I actually got to a point where I was more so like a supervisor over fitness, where I ran the fitness, where I would run uh, as a fitness instructor, you know, go through making sure everybody was doing what they're supposed to do in the right form. And, you know, and being over that, I had to make sure that I was fit and that I was in shape as well. So I was also boxing at the same time outside of that. And I would, you know, have stuff at home because I would like to work out and train at home, you know, doing my homework. And it got to where like going to boxing gyms, they were, they were, you know, handy. They were what I needed, but it was the commute. It was always something. It either didn't have what I, you know, was looking for, or it was just too far away. So one day I just said, I'm going to turn my garage into a gym and it just so happened that I had everything that I needed here in my in my basement already so I went I cleaned everything out of the gym that was you know bikes anything that I used to store and um, I immediately went over to Harbor Freight got some gym mats laid them down and and brought all the stuff from the basement into the gym. And there I had already had a complete setup. You know, I had already started by building. I have a little spot in my basement that I started turning into a gym when I first bought my home off Facebook market, just messing around. And I ended up with a complete gym. So I opened that up and also, you know, for my convenience and for the youth to start getting some kids in there, you know, I like to even focus on kids, more so focus on kids who has no experience whatsoever. Right. You know, and you know, those kids, you know, they're, they're, it builds their confidence. They're already going through challenging things. When you're, when you're making the decision or your parents are making the decision for you to put you in something new as such like that, it, it, it gives me more, I feel, a credibility when they have become built to where I would like to see, you know, my kids or my clients and my customers and even just the people who perform in private sessions. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, 
that's a fun story. You know, ultimately you were in the military, you found boxing probably as like an outlet, right? Thing to do to keep busy and maybe probably put out a little bit of frustration. Well, I'm, and, I'm an athlete too. Yep. So I am from, you know, I've played all kinds of sports from elementary school all the way up to my senior year in high school. And, you know, just being around it, you know, brothers playing football and baseball, I was just around it, you know, and it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And I had to take a big break from it because life happened after high school, you know, and then I never imagined being into the world of athleticism. I always thought I was going to go to school to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, but it looks like that's, that was my calling, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, fitness. You for building something from this passion of fitness, right? It's something that you've mm-hmm. always really loved and enjoyed. So now it's your, mm-hmm. your job. Um, so for our listener, you know, tell us about Gloves Up Boxing and Fitness. Give us, I guess, your elevator pitch of who you guys are and what services are you providing at your mm-hmm. facility? Okay. At Glove Up Boxing and Fitness, um, we offer a different variety of things. Uh, Building you up for confidence, building you up to be better at a certain sport, uh, building you up just to feel like be in good shape. Meaning if you're an athlete, baseball, basketball, I don't care what uh, sport you're in, we build you up. We, you know, agility training, mobility training, strength and conditioning training, everything that you can possibly think of in the fitness world. If you're just looking to lose some weight, come lose some weight. If you're looking to get on a good uh, schedule, uh, eating schedule, come get on a good eating schedule. If you're looking for somebody to work your, your, your heart out, come get your heart worked out. That's we, we give you everything in fitness that you're looking for. Okay, got it. So it's kind of like a an all inclusive thing. Is it all one on one, or is it like a group? I like do offer a ki- I do offer kids classes. Okay. And more so right now with the adults, it is one on one. You know, as I am just starting off as a new business owner or gym owner. Okay, got it. So you know, I guess right now it's is it just you training right now, or do you have any employees? Like, how does that work under under? It the- is just me training right now, but I do have someone you know who helps me you know schedule and you know come through and market, help me record so we can market and everything like that. So I have one person on my team right now. Okay, great. So, you know, I guess my question to you would be, you just started this business right in February. That's when you opened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So right now, how many clients are you servicing? Um, see, I have about 18 clients right now. Great. 18 clients. Between the kids and the adults. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is the bread and butter? Is it, you know, the kids? Like what's bringing in the, the bulk of the revenue? Is it going to be the kids or is it going to be the the adult one-on-one, you know, personal training style? Um, I, I got to give it a good, I got to give it a good balance of both. But right mm-hmm. now it's definite, it's, it's both. It, yeah. it's, it's both. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's okay. But my question would be like, what's your goal there? Do you want to be more? Ooh, thank you. Thank kid, you. Yeah. Kid based place. Or do you want to yes. be a yes. one-on-one personal training adult general population? Like what's, what's the goal there? Thank you for asking. Um, taking the kids 
and just building all the kids up. I want to focus more on the kids because with the kids, like I say, I can be a mentor as well. And the kids are our future. And uh, and they look up to us to to help them build a better future. They can't, you know, make those choices on their own. And having that, being able to focus more on the kids will will give me that sense of accomplishment, will give me that. I'm, I know I'm doing the work that I need to put that out there. And uh, I'm getting to a point where I think I'm just the only adults that I will take will be the adults who would like to join their kids on one-on-one sessions and be able to get bonding moments and quality time moments with the child and their parent in the boxing gym and getting a good workout together. Yeah, so it sounds like this is really going to be a children's based fitness, which is good. Ultimately. Uh, yep. Ultimately. But you also have to kind of keep in mind that with the kids, there's only kind of certain hours of the day that you can work with them. Um, generally mm-hmm. like early in the morning or after 2 p.m. After school. Yep. Those are the hours mm-hmm. that you can really optimize, you know, that part of your business. So My question to you would be like, what's your plan for that quiet time in the middle, you know, from like 7am until 2pm? Like, do you have another- I leave it open. I leave it it open for private sessions. You know, I like to train other, other, you know, boxers and stuff. I work with- you know, people who are serious about fighting, you know, I, I I don't, you know, I like to do that work with people where I can actually put everything I have, like with the kids, I'm building up from the bottom with what I have, right, and then in, in that, that quiet time, building, working with people who's already at a pace where I can highly perform with them, not saying I can't do that with the kids, but like I said, I like to take the kids kind of fresh, not having done any really much before not pushing anyone any of them away who has but you know it's just more rewarding so yeah that that that's in the plan and that's actually what's happening everything is really happening it's just a matter of getting more yeah yeah so with um you know with the kids are you looking to train these kids to become fighters or are you looking to train them just to teach them like a healthy lifestyle because a lot of kids, they don't have that right now, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're living in such a digital world that kids like go home from school Mm -hmm. and play on their video games. So for you, are you looking to make this a competitive thing or like, hey, we're going to be a place where Mm -hmm. kids go after school to get in a workout and feel good about themselves? Like what's your goal with it? So my main focus is getting them in shape. That's my main focus. And um, secondary to that is boxing. It's learning how to box, um, being sharp and being competition ready, but leaving them with the choice. I train them as if they're being trained to compete because I'm giving them every all the knowledge that I have in boxing. And I'm a competitor, so I'm giving them back what I have. At the end of the day, it's their choice. It's their parents' choice, you know, to see what confidence has been instilled in them and and what they, how, you know, proud they are, how good they feel about, about the sport. But that's the only sport that I can really offer. Like I said, I can give them the strength, the conditioning, the agility, as I can any other athlete. But boxing is the only thing that I can truthfully teach them in that setting, the only sport I can teach them in that setting. 
Okay, got it. So what are you guys doing right now? Or what are you doing, I suppose, to actively, you know, aid that growth process? Where are you finding new clients? Uh, neighbors, um, friends of neighbors. Okay. Um, I've had people find me on Google. I've nice. had some Google searches. Um, I've been to a couple gyms where people have seen my work and wanted to train with me. Um, just kind of all around, you know, right now, social media, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, all around. Yeah. So it sounds like you you have like what we call word of mouth in this industry. And, and there so it is. when, you know, you're looking to grow your business, word of mouth is great because it's free. We don't have to spend any money to have word sure. of mouth. But it's also not a controllable method for us to grow because we can't say, hey, you know, this year our goal is to hit 50 clients um, because we can't tell our neighbors, hey, you need to tell your neighbor and your neighbor needs to tell mm -hmm. your neighbor. And like we mm -hmm. can't of course. the speed at which that happens. And so it's a hard way for us to count on growth. When we look at counting on growth, that's when we really dive into what we call marketing, advertising. So for you guys, have you done any marketing? Have you done any advertising? Is it something that you're looking into as you grow gloves at boxing and fitness? Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I did say I only had one person on my team. Actually, I, I have a full team here in the house. There's five of us live in the house. Everyone helps. My daughter is an editor, a video editor, and um, I I put little clips and stuff, my own clips together from my videos or pictures, and all I have to do is send them to her, really. And um, as she put those together, I take a certain focus on what I'm doing, you know, with the kids. Sometimes it's broad, sometimes it's general. And I post, and on the post, I caption what I what we're offering and what's going on here. And this is, you know, how we're working. And these are the results, you know, that we've seen from here to here. So yeah, I'm definitely marketing for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I have a Facebook page. I have an IG page, an IG. So yeah. Yeah. Marketing in, in this industry today, digitally, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, all those places. It's so great mm -hmm. because that's where people are spending their time. People are working from home on their break. They're checking Facebook. They're checking Instagram. Mm -hmm. So like if we can tap into those places and find our clients, it's great for us. Now, when we talk about advertising, you know, you have your organic posting, which it sounds like you post videos um, on your social media, your daughter edits, you post them and then organically people are going to see them. Your followers are going to see them. If your followers share them, then their followers are going to see the videos. And so that kind of comes back to the word of mouth. When we you know, we can go a little bit deeper there and we in the industry can, I guess, put a dollar behind our posts so that they can reach people in our community who don't know about us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we call like an ad campaign. Have you guys done that? Are you thinking about okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Um, So Saturday, this Saturday, June 4th, it's actually my mom's birthday. It's a 5K um that's going on it's his name's Antoine Chambers it's his second year 5k and I I what I did when he advertised his 5k you know he was advertising everything that's offered out there there'll be um he was seeking sponsorships and uh vendors 
So I signed up a couple months ago, maybe six, somewhere six to eight weeks ago. And I signed up for the sponsorship packet that included, you know, vendor. So we're going to set up as vendors at the 5K. Um, I do leave my business cards and, you know, random stores and stuff like that with other business. I, that's probably another form of word of mouth. Um, but this this event, I think it's is it's gonna be my first time actually stepping up to that um level of advertising as you're speaking of right now. Yeah, I think that type of advertising, we kind of call that guerrilla marketing, which is like kind of weird name, but like you're going out on your hands and feet into the community yeah. and like um you're you're getting the word out. So we call that guerrilla marketing. And so that's because you're going to meet people face to face and that's wonderful for our business but it also takes time um and so you know time for you time to plan time just like all around and we know mm-hmm. in this industry time is so limited um there's only so many hours in a day for us to to accomplish things for our business um facebook mm-hmm. instagram google there's like features where you can basically use those videos that your daughter is making or use the pictures that you're taking of your clients and advertise. So like not just post, but like put a dollar behind it and it will reach like a certain radius in your community. Did you, have you ever heard of that before? Mm -hmm. I've done that. Yeah. And it's hard because you don't always see a return on investment. So like if if you're you're like, Hey, I'm going to spend 20 bucks and then like, you don't get anything from it. It's really well. You get you get more people. You get you know. I've gotten people that are are uh, not linked to my personal Facebook. You know, see my stuff and start following me. So I mean, I think the ads work. They probably don't work the way we're expecting to see it right away. But it, it's working. It's 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 building up that those followers and everything. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. So you know. I love to ask this question because I think that's relatable for a lot of guests or a lot of like people listening to the show, but you know, for you guys, what has been a challenge? What has been something that has been kind of a bottleneck or a bump in the road in terms of business um, so far? You know, I really can't think of anything and you know why is because I didn't pay anything to start the business. I'm running it out of my home. You know, everything's really running how wish how I would like to see it running. But you know, like we're we've been talking about up to this point is more people. Mm-hmm. Uh max uh max capacity, maximum capacity. Um, but it's 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 not really a stressor for me because I'm not losing any money, if if that makes any sense. If anything, it's all for my gain. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and I think that's okay because like like you said, you didn't really put any money in it, but as a business owner, you can still have goals. And your goal sounds like is to really fill the house or fill the fill the the fill the gym. Mm-hmm. Help more people, right? Help people find like this health and fitness and health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for you right now, um, if, if I could give you a magic wand and I was like, all right, so all your dreams for this business have come true. You've reached all your goals. What would that picture look like? Oh man. Um, consistent members for sure. 
a book schedule, you know, a super book to the point where like, I'm a flexible person. And because I feel like there's power and flexibility as, at some extent, but I, I wouldn't mind having such a full gym schedule that, you know, any, just someone wanting to have a conversation with me, you got to schedule it, you know, like, I, you know, to that point where I'm just head first, you know, we're all in, we're dived in, I'm, I haven't really gotten to that untruthfully, you know. So yeah, that that's that's about it, you know, just having it full on, you know, measuring goals, you know, of the customers and, and seeing, you know, the results. That's that's definitely a, a, a way of success right there for Glove Up. Yep. And so you kind of talked a little bit about um you know you want this to be a kid's kids typically like that's gonna be your typical customer is going to be like children and like the children's boot camp basically running like a kid's boot camp yeah and I think that that's there's definitely a market out there for that but in order to build that full book you might have to be open to helping more general population is that something that you're open to Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you train people who aren't looking to like, do you train general population who aren't looking to become professional fighters or? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, A lot of the times they just want to know how to fight. They just want to know how to protect themselves. You know, I've had, you know, clients tell me, look, they'll send me videos like this is how I want to look. And some people just want it to for the, you know, because it looks cool. Mm -hmm. you know I think it's cool when you know we can utilize something like boxing to help people see fitness goals and fitness goals for everybody look a little different for Mm -hmm. many people it's hey I want to lose 10 pounds or hey I want to get six pack abs or hey you know I'm really struggling mentally and I know that fitness will help so that's why I'm interested in joining and so that's why I love the general population so much is because like us, it kind of makes us feel like the superhero because we can help them get there. Yes. People need that yeah. accountability. They need that motivation. And so, yeah, you can have your kids boot camps and that can be, you know, your bread and butter, but there's definitely, you know, about six hours a day where the kids are in school. So what can you do to optimize that time? make a little money so that you have more money to spend on other things yeah. in the business and you can support your family because that's freaking awesome too. When you can feel like a boss businesswoman and you're supporting your family, it's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. So in the meanwhile, what I do, I make sure when I do have that kind of time and there's really not much, you know, I can really do other than be patient because being patient is not easy, you know, mm-hmm. and it is a process. I just focus on continuing to teach myself things, you know. I'm I'm still a full-time student. I'm I'm still learning things, you know, personal development and staying in the gym. Most importantly, when no one's in the gym, staying in the gym, keeping myself fit, keeping myself in shape, keeping myself educated on, you know, what next, what more can I be learning to give back, you know, to my clients and everything. So I'm always doing something, even when I don't, I'm not working 
with my clients. I'm always doing something that is going to be working for the gym, always. And, and most of the time, my free time, I'm putting into myself so I can give back and put into others. Yeah, like developing yourself. Um, that's Absolutely. so important. So final question. Practicing what you have to practice what you preach. You yeah. know, I can't walk in the gym and 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 expect for you to look a certain way or or try to, you know, tell you how to eat or you know, things of that nature. And look at me. You know, I can't even get down and do twin push-ups with you, you know. I run my clients. I run my clients. We run. I and, and if I if I can't run with you or run ahead of you and I'm um boosting your confidence to run what am and if I can't do that, then what? I have to keep myself mentally and physically in shape to perform at my highest so I can bring them up with me. Right. So absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, final question. You guys like what's your social media page, your Facebook or your Instagram? Where can we go to find you? Um, Glove Up 22, uh, Glove Up Boxing and Fitness on Facebook, Glove Up 22 on IG. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, I appreciate you opening up about your business today because there's definitely somebody here listening to this podcast that can relate. Maybe they're in your shoes yeah. or they're about to be in your shoes. Um, so thanks, Georgina. And for our listener, thank you guys as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm here with my guest today, owner of Edge Performance Training in Charlotte, North Carolina. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Dominic? Uh, fantastic, man. Let's uh, let's get into it. What is Edge Performance Training all about? Uh, Edge Performance Training is about giving people a place where they can work out, learn to work out, work out safely, uh, using using what we feel are the best techniques to do the to do that to make sure that they're learning. You know, most people come in, they want to learn how to work out, they have no idea, and so we try to teach them the most effective way possible we try to keep them safe and we also try to create a fun environment where they enjoy showing up where they want to be there 
you know, obviously creating that third place where they want to be spending their time away from home, away from work. Awesome. I love that uh, realization of being that third place. And we'll dive into that and in a little bit more of that description in a couple minutes, but give us a little bit of a background. You've been in business for, you know, over 10 years now, been training people for longer than that. Give us the, the background of how you got to be where you are now. Um, well, it's a real quick, again, starting from the beginning, I went, when I was in college, I met up with a bunch of uh, coaches. I was very deep into martial arts and training. I had an ultimate goal of fighting, of being a professional fighter. Back then, um, mixed martial arts had just started off. I, we, I met a great group of coaches, guys that I trained with. We were learning as we went, but, uh, eventually got in, we, the gym itself is actually pretty reputable. Now they're out of Athens, Georgia. They've actually had a number of uh, champions in the UFC along the way. So, so we got, I got, I'm on one of their first, um, first people that trained with them, uh, got into the fighting thing, fought amateurs, fought professionally, uh, had big dreams of being a big time pro fighter. Uh, and like so many other people that get into this game, you know, it it just didn't work out that way. Uh, you realize how durable and how, how durable you have to be and how punishing that sport is. And, you know, eventually I had a pretty bad injury, took me out of it. And fortunately my, you know, I had, I'd gone to school for exercise science. I was thinking physical therapy, but just realized that wasn't me. And I definitely wasn't grad school material by the time I graduated from um, UGA. So, uh, but then I had a friend approach me and say, Hey, you want to be a personal trainer? I'm moving to Atlanta. I need some trainers that have exercise science degrees. You know, you make X amount of dollars. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, did Atlanta for a year, trained people, got a lot of good experience, learned a lot of sales experience there, but didn't like Atlanta, moved from there. Um, my family lived in Charlotte. They said, Hey, come check it out. So I worked out at a gym here, worked my way up to fitness director, realized with all the work I was doing, I might as well own my own business and decided eventually just um, went out on my own. And then uh, from there, <laughs> you know, basically made every mistake that a business owner can make along the way. But again, it was something that I wanted to do. I loved. And so I, I pushed, I pushed through it. I figured it out. I got involved with it, you know, eventually built it up to a certain point. And uh, then I started actually hiring, getting to the point where I could hire tr other trainers. And that was a, that's a, that was a great place to be. And when I finally did let go of the, trying to just have my fingers in everything, I realized that I could reach a lot more people. Um, and another cool thing that started to happen is I realized that I'm actually creating a couple of careers for trainers in my gym like when I like you know everybody when they look I know I'm sure you feel the same way when you're when you're when you look at your payroll or something like that you're like oh my god how much am I paying out? <laughs> you know I'm paying this. but if your profit margins are right one that means you're making that much more but then for me the biggest part was also it's like wow I'm paying this person a lot of money like this is their career this is their this is a big part of their life you know this is what they're this is what allows them to make a living and kind of hit that realization recently where it's like, wow, I, this people's lives kind of depend on me having my business to provide for them, for that, provide them work. So, um, so yeah, now I'm an owner. I feel I'm in this place now where, you know, 
I'm, I love training. I love my gym. I love the people that I work with. I like all my, I love all my clients, but I've also started getting to the point where there's a lot of stuff. I, there's a lot of other stuff I like to do and want to do. Um, my fiance loves to travel. I love to travel, see the world, do things. And now it's a lot more about the experiences that I get to get into in my life. So. Awesome, man. Cool, cool backstory. And I think some of the big things there that stand out for me are you didn't necessarily take the direct path of trainer to owner, right? You had some experience working under other people's roofs, looking at the behind the scenes. This is what sales quotas look like. This is what profit margins look like. This is what it actually costs to run a business and not just seeing, you know, the back of napkin math, like, hey, I'm, I'm training for somebody else and I'm only getting 40%. If I train for myself, I get 100. You, you know, you had that more direct connection of, I can go out and start my own business and I have control of 100% of the money that comes in, but I still have to pay rent, utilities, insurance, all those mm-hmm. things. So you had a little bit more realistic picture of, what it was going to look like going from working for someone else to working for yourself and didn't just only see the upside. You got to see, you know, around the business um, and got to do a little bit more planning. It sounds like when it came to starting and growing it. Um, Yeah. And that, that kind of, that helped in certain ways. Obviously I was familiar with the sales process, bringing people in. I think a lot of trainers, especially the ones that I've brought in with interns, as interns, they come in and they have this huge aversion to selling something, to get in front of somebody and asking them for money for a service. Um, Cause they feel, I, I think, trying to think back to how some of my people say, you know, some of them feel like they're not a good person for asking how much X amount of dollars for a service. And fortunately early on, um, one of the guys that I work with, he's pretty popular in the space. He does, he does a lot of work around video testimonials now, but uh, Eric Rokich, he was doing a mentorship a long time, a while ago, this is years ago. And he, uh, so I, I jumped on with him to kind of start things. He helped me, he helped me run my first challenge. He kind of meant, you know, he's pretty, pretty much a mentor. I met with one once a week and I, I got on calls on with regularly. And one of the things that'll always stick out with him was he, when we start talking about sales, and we'd talk and he'd be like, look, don't look at it as you're selling them something they don't need. Tell well, you should be looking at it like you're saving somebody's life because the vast majority of our population is overweight. They're headed in the wrong direction as far as their health. So it's not on you to sell them something, some service that they want to pay extra money for it. You're actually trying to save their life because odds are their life is going to be very different if you they work with you and stay with you and hit the goals that they're looking for. And that changed, one, that changed how I look at it. It's a very different perspective on offering somebody your services, right? I don't even feel like I'm selling people now and the way I've set up my sales process and onboarding, I made it so my trainers don't have to feel like they're selling something. They're just pulling them through this process and they're saying, hey, this is what we offer. This is what's going to happen if you do what we, we ask you to do. We have plenty of social proof. We have people who have lost weight. We have people who are going to be in the group with you that like can talk to you and tell you all the things they benefit from. You don't have to walk into this not knowing. I always tell everybody, I'm like, look, I want you to have a very clear picture as to what's going to go on before we even start talking about membership or money. And 
I feel like new trainers are really comfortable with that because now they don't feel like they're salesmen or they have, you know, I remember learning sales and I remember like at that point where it was the ask, like, Hey, so what are you going to do? I suggest you do this 10 times a week and we do this. And I, I could do that. I'm okay with that. But at the same time, I also realized that in the process of sales, it might take one or two extra meetings or it might take a little bit of a trial area, but by the time people are joining, they don't feel pressured and they're joining of their own accord. They're not feeling because it's not this feeling like, oh, I got to buy something now. They're putting me on the spot. I don't want to say no. Everybody has that. Every Everybody that walks into a business. I get calls all the time from people who want to be financial investors. They want to set up meetings. And at the end of that meeting, they want to sit there and they're going to like, oh, so what do you decide or what do you want to do? And they really want to put you on the spot. And I understand there's a, there's a, there's a benefit to that type of sale. And I, but I like, I also like the fact that our people never feel pressured and they come in and they're like, okay, this is cool. And if it's really for them, it's, it's for them and they're ready to go. And I feel because of that, we have a great group of clients, people who are there to work. And if, you know, even if they're unsure at first, if we make them feel comfortable enough that to let them know that we have their best interest in mind, then I don't feel like a hard sale is, is one of the things we have to do. And I think people really appreciate that in the long term because they realize like, oh, they're about helping us and doing this. They're not trying to get me to buy something that I don't know anything about or I'm not aware of. And, you know, and then we try to treat our clients that way across the board for as long as they're with us. Yeah, that's, there's some really good insight in there. And I think, um, you know, the, the reality comes a lot of times with that, the very basic, if you, if, you, if you distill it down of when it comes to sales in our industry, you can't help somebody if a transaction doesn't take place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can, you can give people all the free information that you want. You can, you know, there's a lot of things that people say, well, you know, I want to be able to give more away. I want to be able to do more. But in general, until somebody has some skin in the game, some sort of investment, of, of something, it, they're not even usually open and receptive to the changes we need them to make to the things that need to go on. So that mind state shift is, I think, huge for anybody who's either a trainer that wants to be, you know, be better at sales or somebody who's in a strictly sales position. Like you said, it's not, you're not selling as much as helping, but the way that you help somebody is to get them into your program because most of the time we're not selling against competition where it's kill or be killed, right? Where if we don't sell them, the guy down the street is the, the reality is most of the time, if somebody comes into our facility, they have a problem. There's a a real solution we can provide. Mm -hmm. If they don't start doing something for themselves with us, they're probably just going to go back to the couch. That's, that's what we're fighting against most of the time. It's not, it's not just, Oh, someone else is going to get their money. It's, Hey, you're going to be six months or a year walking into somebody else's doors in worse condition than you are now. A lot of those, those cases or not any closer to your goals, but the time has passed. Mm -hmm. So I love looking at it that way. So it sounds like in your facility, um, you, you know, you have your other trainers now, do you rely on them solely for doing their own sales or do you have a process whereby you or someone else also does some sales on the front end and then 
feeds uh, specific trainers or has some sort of flow there? Like what's, is there a mix? Is it all one way or the other? Right now it's a mix. I've gone for a while. It was me exclusively doing all the sales and then assigning the trainers or assigning the clients to the trainers. Now I've gotten a couple of the trainers to the point where I'm comfortable with them doing their own sales. Meaning if they, if I think they're, there's a person they'll, they'll work well with. And I feel like, Hey, bring them in for the intro, take them through the free session. And then you know, and then set them up with you. Usually if, if it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, we'll set them up with a free session. They'll work with you. And if it works out, put them on your schedule and then I'll take care of the, everything on the back end as far as getting them signed up as membership goes. Um, so I'll let some of the trainers do that now. Um, like I said, I think I want to eventually have someone who's a point person, but I'm trying to figure out which of my trainers is going to be the best person for that role. Um, so I think it works out. I feel like and for now, I don't mind having my, if, if there's one thing I'm going to do, I don't mind doing the sales. Obviously there's, there's just being in control of that situation, making sure, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. My close rate's pretty high. So obviously I always feel if I can get a couple of people in front of me, whether it's four or five during the week, I'm going to close most of those people on wanting to train or wanting to come in and work out. And so, yeah, I'm doing most of the sales right now, but I'm, you know, as I would, I, I have had certain situations where when I wasn't able to do it and I gave it to another trainer, they've come through and they've, you know, it's worked out as far as the training goes. Um, there's still a lot more, there's a, there's still a lot more uh, sales training to be done with my team, but I think like eventually there's going to be someone that will be taking that point of sale position. So it's, it's a skill set that you foster and you encourage, but if you have some trainers who are otherwise great and don't want to be salespeople or, you know, it's a skill they don't have yet, you're still, you still have room for them in the business and have a way that you can still put them into place to serve your clients. Right. Absolutely. Um, obviously having, having uh, people who are available at different times, different types of trainers, uh, give me, making sure that I always have different options. Uh, one of the things I've learned with, one of the, I work with another um, fitness training mastermind group uh, called uh, the um, SPF Fitness. It's um, with Vince Gabriel, and he, uh, you know, we've learned. You know, one of the things that he is always talking about is like always have options. Meaning, always have options when it comes to employees and trainers. Always have options available as far as you know. You know, whether you're going to rent a space or anything like that, just having options gives you much better puts you in a much better position long-term. So if I had just, you know, I'm all, I look at my trainer role right now and my most available trainer gets most of my people right now because she has, she has a lot of flexibility. Um, but if, if there were, if there's someone who books and she already has a client at that time on the regular, then at least I have some, I have a couple of people I can go to and say, Hey, you know, you have this time available. I just pulled on another trainer. So he's getting ready to hopefully I can get him going and get him, in the same group as uh, my my main, my main trainer, who's got most of the sessions right now, but it's going. You know, like I said, I think it, it just having those options available to people because you know people are people love flex. If if anything, a lot of the people that do one on one like the flexibility and say, all right, I might need to reschedule this, and they like to have the option. Yeah, for sure, and that that really goes into the other big topic I wanted to hit because it's something that 
you're working on and have working in your facility is uh, we've talked a lot. Most of this could apply to anything. Mostly has been to the one-on-one, -on -one, but you're making a bigger push towards your small group personal training in your facility. And I think there, there are a million upsides to that. One of the things you just said was like flexibility and rescheduling where, you know, if you have four or five people in a small group session and one person has to reschedule, the trainer didn't show up for nothing and they still get paid and there's all those things. But what are some of the, the big pros for you and your business that have made you embrace the small group personal training? And what have you done to try to move the needle towards that and maybe a little bit further away from just one-on-one? -on -one? Right, right. Well, um, I feel like one of the reasons I like small group is, a, you know, we used to do large group a long time ago, but now we move everything to small group. What I feel like, you know, if you, anyone who's done sales and gotten in the, in front of people, uh, you know, more than 10 people in their, in their experience, you realize that most of these people are looking for the same thing. They're, they just want to lose, you know, they want to lose weight. They want to, they want to be more toned. I mean, you hear the all, it's all the same, you know, in the end, it's like people just want to look better naked overall. That's just what they want, but they're not going to come out and say it, but we, you know, everybody has their own way of expressing it, but we hear, I just want to tone up. I want to build up some mass. I, you know, we're not getting people coming in saying, Oh, I want to put on 50 pounds of muscle. It's like, well, this isn't the gym for you. If that's what you're looking for, I know guys that run gyms like that, and, but that's, this isn't what, you know, or people who want to move heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, sure. Yeah. I get there's, there's, a, there's people that want that, but the vast majority of the population isn't that type of person. They want to just look better. They want to be healthier. They want to have more energy, more flexibility. They don't want to be hurt. They don't want to feel old as they get older. They don't want to feel old. Well, a lot of those goals, a lot of those exercises, activities that are going to get you there, you know, are pretty common. So it's not like you need, no, like you're not a professional athlete that needs one-on-one -on -one training very specific to what their world is and everything. I mean, people like one-on-one -on -one attention. That's why it's still there. But, you know, small group, we're addressing a number of people with one coach who has enough knowledge and understands how to run the session to make sure that everybody's getting what they need out of it. And on the flip side, people don't have to spend over 80, 90, a hundred dollars an hour to get the, to get the supervision, to get the guidance, to get the things that they, and accountability that they come to when they go, when they want to work with trainers. So small group just seems logical. And then also we create a, you create a bond with the people that you're in that group with. And it's, it, that's kind of hard with large group if there's more than 10, 15 people in there. But if it's six people, that's well within that number of people that you can really get to know well, get comfortable with. And on a regular basis, you're not, no, now it's not you just being accountable to the trainer and your workout, depending on the trainer being there. But there is this feeling you want them to be excited to go see whoever else is in that group. Oh, these are my friends that I train with three days a week that we have a great time with, that I enjoy being around, that we have great conversations with, but we still work out and we feel amazing afterwards. And, you know, they get a good workout and they get done. They're standing, you know, they're cooling down with each other. They're talking about what a great workout it was. And they just, they basically just suffered this through, through this ordeal or this, this training session. 
and you know they create a real bond and that's one of those things that anybody who's been in team sports anybody who's been in something that requires a team to prepare you for it you realize that you know that, that creates a specific a special kind of bond that you know you really can't get and it's honestly it's not the kind of bond you want to create when you're a trainer working one-on-one -on -one with people because that can get that can get out of hand too that's the situations like people will get too attached to a trainer and then when that trainer's not available they don't want to work out that's the last thing I want. I don't want a codependence on a trainer. I want a trainer to help you out. I want them to get you there. But, and some people can do that. But again, some people have that type of personality where now working out is associated with working out with their trainer and they don't want to do it at any other time. And that's, that's the furthest thing from what we want. We want people to be able to do things on their own, be comfortable walking into a weight room if they decide, if they're traveling or if they're not where the, you know, if they're not at their home city and be able to be comfortable with doing things on their own i don't want and i think that's the one thing that one-on-one -on -one training can kind of um can kind of negate sometimes because people associate their workout with their, just that one coach that they're seeing multiple times a week yeah yeah for sure and i, I think you hit most of the, the big points there would your ideal client journey at this point look like somebody coming in and getting their basics down with a personal trainer and then to some degree graduating or ascending into your small group and then just having that be the feeder system or would you prefer that you know more people just came in and started with small group is there an ideal path that you'd have for your clients that would suit the majority of them anyway um, it, it, it just depends. You have so many different people. So some people, like if I feel a lot of people will come in and if they're okay with small group and jumping right in, then I'm totally okay with that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, and because of where we're at right now, people come in and they want to do one-on-ones for at least a month or two, then I'm okay with that too. We have the staff to do it. We gives, it gives my trainer some hours and experience. I'm okay with that. So I don't know if there's necessarily an ideal path. Yeah, ideally right now, like I said, we are pushing towards small groups. So I, I, I actually don't mind if someone comes in and says, hey, I want to do small group. I'm okay with that. Perfect. Let's see where you're at. You know, we take them through our assessment. Uh, you know, we do like part of an FMS movement screen and then we'll do, then we show them what's unique about our warmups and what our training. And then if they're ready to go, I say, Hey, try our class out for a couple of weeks and let, let's see if this is a good fit and then go from there. And they try it out. And a lot of times people are like, I love it. I'm in, let's go. And it's a very, it's a very, like I said, it's a very low pressure, uh, low pressure sales process. Like they, they either, you know, inevitably if they like it, they stick around and they, they say, all right, what do I got to do? I like it. Let's keep going. Or, or, or sometimes, you know, you have those people that don't show back up and say, all right, maybe that wasn't for them. Okay. If that's fine. I have their information. I'll call, I'll check back with them later and see if, see when they're ready. You know, if it, if it wasn't now, maybe it's later. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So we have a pretty good idea of, you know, where, where your journey has come from in the, you know, the overall track that, that you bring people through right now, what it looks like. You, you said you're in a good position. You've got a lot of space. You've got good staff. Uh, you've got solid foundations there. What do you want for the future of the business? It sounds like you're moving more into an, you know, an owner role than strictly day-to-day -day operations, overseeing, 
you know, being able to travel more, having some, some time freedom, where do you want that to go, you know, on a long enough path? Where do you see things uh, going? Is it just sticking with this one facility? Do you think you'd ever scale beyond that? You know, what are the, the big dreams, big goals? Um, I feel like the big goal is I want this, before I went, you know, obviously a lot of people think, oh, I'll open other locations, that type of thing. Um, before I even thought about opening another location, I want to be able, I want this location to be able to run without me, like at all. Like, like I want it to be completely self-sustaining. I want to have somebody in a position that's like a general manager. I want someone who's point of sales. And I want it to be a place that continues to grow, continues to run, whether I'm there or not. And I want it to be something that I can just check up on and say, hey, how are things going? Let me check into the operations. You know, I, it's something that I, uh, I want to be able to be almost completely hands off with it at one point. And then once I have that set up, you know, once I have the, the right people in the right positions, then it's, then that I think I feel like there's that, that possibility of, of looking for another location. So maybe in a few years, I don't think I'd go crazy. I think I'd probably want maybe one other location because I think the, the city is big enough that we could, it could definitely support it. But again, I feel like, I feel like my business priorities everybody has life and their work. And I think too many people feel like work is life. Work is what they're here for. And I've just never felt that way. I felt like it's a means to an end. And I always joke with my clients. I was always, I, you know, I went through college. I always told everybody that I was too lazy to do anything. I didn't absolutely love every day. You know, that's just who I am. I, I, you know, I, I'm passionate about what I like to do. I enjoy doing it. I love training. I've realized that I like being a boss and I like being a owner that provides careers for people. Now that's like the next step. I didn't realize I was ever going to be in that place. Um, so long-term, yeah, maybe another location, but I feel like as much as I love my business, and I love doing what I do. I feel like I want, I just want to be in a position where I can enjoy more of life and experience more and still have a very profitable business. And I'm not sitting there talking about, you know, I have so many clients my age, you know, I'm 45 right now. And I have a lot of clients that are talking about the next thing they're looking forward to is retirement. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> it's like you're working day in day out. You're killing yourself. You're you 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 devote ninety percent of your day, your waking hours, to this company that pays you a tiny amount compared to what they you know profitability wise. And you're doing that just so you can make it to retirement. And then what? You know, like. You're going to be, you know, that's like 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. That's all you're looking for. That's what you're day in and day. I, I kill myself. I can't handle that stuff. I can't handle thinking like that. I, I want to be able to go, you know, the way things have been over the past couple of years and where our business is, I get to travel a decent amount. And I, I'm in control of a lot of what I do day in and day out. And from weekends, hey, my fiance wants to go somewhere for the weekend. Hey, let's go. I'm down. You know, the only thing that limits us as far as traveling now is where, how much paid time off she has because she's a physician's assistant. So she's a, but for me, I think a lot of this has come down to, you know, I get, you know, I, I'm getting to enjoy my life. The better my business does, 
and it, it forces me to look at it in a way as well. Like, sure, I could, I could, I could bust my ass, work 80 hours a week and get my business to a certain point, but no matter how much money I was making, I would be miserable, you know? And so I know that I want to be able to spend the time to spend, spend time on the things that are important to me now and be able to plan for the future. But at the same time, you know, there's plenty of these things, plenty of other things in life I want to do besides be a trainer and just train people. Um, and I want to pursue a lot of different things. And I think there's, I think that's what keeps your mind moving in the right direction and keeps things from shutting down and people keeps things from getting stagnant and bored and people going through, you know, keeps, keeps, I think people from going through those midlife crises where they're like, where the hell am I doing with my life? It's like, well, you know, to have that, to have that clarity and be like, yeah, I know what I want. And this is where I'm going to build my business so I can get, so I can have, so my day-to-day -day is the way I want it to be. So my long-term is the way I want it to be. So my business is the way that I want it to be. It grows and it's, you know, I, you know, I'm, and part of me always likes to help people get to where they need to get, you know, as far as their fitness, as far as their health. I always tell my trainers, the beauty of what we do is that it's one of those things that if we help people have better health, have feel better about themselves, then it positively affects every other aspect of their life. And it, it, their relationships, their work, their marriages, whatever, it helps every other aspect if you get this point, if you get this, this part of their life in order. And, you know, so I feel like, you know, we can touch a lot of people's lives this way. And it's a, it's a good feeling. And, you know, obviously the bigger we get, the more people we can help. And that's, that's the best thing about this. Absolutely. Well said, sir. I don't think I'm going to be able to top that. You, there are a lot of, a lot of bombs in there. You drop, dropped a bunch of knowledge on us. We are just about out of time. Last question before I let you go. If our listeners want to find out more about uh, Edge and what you have going on down there, where are the best places to look for you? Um, yeah, we just, uh, our website is myedgecharlotte.com. And uh, yeah, if you're in Charlotte, again, we have, check out our website, see what we're all about. And again, people can always, and that there's also a direct, direct line of email or um, phone and text through that website. You can get in touch with me and I'm happy to talk about anything. All right, sir. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for spending some of your morning with us here. I wish you continued success. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you spending some of your day with us. Hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.